Hey there, this is Harriet McClance, the co-founder of Her North, where we are a community of Christian women committed to putting our full confidence in Jesus Christ and learning how to thrive in the real world. I hope that you are enjoying this beautiful Thursday. Uh, the weather is nice today. Even if it's snowing, it's still nice because we are in the land of the living. Today, I want to just share some, just some random rants about how I survived a smear campaign. And um, this is just a continuation of the story where I share my personal account with coping with a smear campaign. And for those of you who are not real clear about what a smear campaign is, it's when someone um, have animosity or malice against you and um, their level of hate uh, turns to rage and they decide to launch a narrative, which is a story. A, a, a lie against you with people that may interact with you as a way of trying to um, spread poison about you so that you don't go forward in your life so that they can try to prevent you from having a good relationship with people that they don't want you to have a good relationship with. So they may lie and, um, create this false narrative about you behind your back. And you don't even know what's going on until someone exposes it to you and you discover that this person that has been disguised as it could be a cousin, a family member, uh, a sister-in-law, um, a brother-in-law, but it, it, it could be somebody that you just wouldn't suspect that's causing, um, an entire army of people to turn against you and mistreat you because they are spreading lies. And I don't even know what baffles me about it all is how easy it is for people to be misled by lies. And, um, you know, sometimes I guess when you hear something coming from a brother or a sister or uh, somebody that you would deem credible that there's substance to it, but everybody lies. And, um, but you, you don't really understand the stealth of a smear campaign until it happens to you or someone you care about. And I have had to cope with this throughout my marriage. This has been one of the most difficult experiences that I have ever had. And, um, I share my story about it and my experiences with it so that I can help some of you who may be going through it. Maybe you can see some, um, some light at the end of the tunnel in your situation and know that if God can manage to keep me and pull me through this, that he can do the same for you. Now, I'm not saying that I'm at a place where I feel so great about it all because it is a process and um, there's a period of recovery and restoration that you go through after you uh, realize 
who the players are, who the people are that's a part of it, that's responsible for creating the lies and spreading the lies and the slanderous uh, words and comments and omissions. But um, I wanted to, to read something to you that I wrote, and it's going to be a preface for a memoir. I think that's what they call it, a memoir that I'm working on. And I wrote, and this is to you, all of you ladies that are listening in that may have experience with a smear campaign. Be careful, my darling, of what lurks in the light for the danger that seeks to murder your soul is in plain sight. I'm going to read it again. Be careful, my darling, of what lurks in the light, for the danger that seeks to murder your soul is in plain sight. A smear campaign is very evil and wicked because of what it steals from you. But in this particular situation, a smear campaign doesn't just rob the person that's the victim. It also robs the enablers and those people that opt to believe and to be a part of it because they lose that opportunity to connect with someone on a more personable level. And and who knows what kind of contributions that person or individual may have been able to add to other people's lives. But once a smear campaign is launched, with the victim is very difficult for reconciliation to just happen so quickly. Um, I don't even think it'll ever happen. And in most cases it, it doesn't. And I really don't believe that a, I'm sorry, atonement really solves the issue anyway. One of the things that I'm starting to realize about how I feel is that I find it difficult for me to open my heart to other people. And um, I love others, but I'm not quick to go out to dinner or um, hang out with other people that's a part or connected to this group of people because of the impact of the pain of being rejected and lied on by people that you welcomed into your heart and into your space. I don't know if I'll ever get to a place where I'm okay about what has happened to me, but I think that with each new day that I'm learning how to cope, that I'm learning how not to be hard on myself for not seeing the signs. And I hope that you're doing the same thing and that you're not beating yourself up because you didn't see the signs or you didn't get away from them sooner or you didn't address the person. Um, I wrote a letter to one of the, um, the people, one of the, one of the individuals who had a hand in hurting me, but I didn't say anything to the other players and I didn't even care to because by this point I was so disgusted you know it's it's almost like 
there is an emotional death that happens when you are a victim of a smear campaign. And whenever I think about going around these people, it just makes me feel sick in my soul because I just never thought that people that you love and care about would be capable of hurting me in such a way. If you're going through this, I want to encourage you to keep praying as I will do the same. But a smear campaign is, is murder. And um, with any murder, there's a, a level of grief that that's somehow connected. Uh, once you realize the death has taken place. And, and, and in this instance, I feel that there has been an emotional death within me toward the people who have played a role in launching this smear campaign against me.